Hans and Scotty, 97.5, DKSL Sports Zone, Super Bowl just 48 hours away. Are we doing recipes today? I mean, we, we got them coming up on social media. But. That, that's what I was thinking. I don't know if we try to do a tandem release. I know that Nate Dowdle, our boss, he's got everything edited. And Scotty and I have both uh, filmed our Super Bowl recipes. We made them. And so you'll get to see it through the film. But just kind of a different twist on our Super Bowl recipes. Yes. Yep. And uh, did Nate tell you his plans for next year? No. Ooh. Let's just say live TV. Well, I'm excited for that, too. I don't know. You and me on live TV. Well, I'm going to make sure that all of my kids are in their rooms and tucked away. <laughs> I think they need to be in the live studio audience. Oh, my kids, man. They bust my chops. I, I told Nate, I'm so sorry. Because all they did, they just sat there and made fun of me. And, you know, I'm old and I guess I'm out of touch and... Uh, they they thought it was funny that I was trying to act like a chef, although they see me cooking nonstop. Although it didn't seem like they were complaining when they were devouring <laughs> them. Yeah, exactly. They were sure there to eat the food. Yeah, they weren't talking then. So we will we'll have those recipes up and ready for you. Scotty's wings and my skillet nachos. Thing is, you are very, you're more, you're more. Um, willing to share your your info yeah i'm a little bit more secretive yeah info's out there but you got that proprietary blend that you well, I mean, come on. we don't we don't mess around with the wings all right hans and scotty this is 97.5 the ksl sports zone joining us now nfl writer for cbs sports john breach he's been kind enough to hang out with us throughout the last uh, several weeks of the nfl season and in the playoffs and now john you're down in vegas right I am in Vegas. I feel like I live here after uh, spending the past six nights in Vegas, which, by the way, I do not recommend anyway. I think four nights is the yep. maximum for any sane human being. There, There is a number, and I've said this, we, we cover a lot of events down there. There is a there is a number where you hit, and, you know, Vegas is great, for 24 hours, 48 hours, 72 hours, and then after that you just want to take a shower and hug your kids and, and say you're sorry for being gone because it, it just puts a stink on you. <laughs> Absolutely. Now I'm just staring at the clock waiting for the Super Bowl to kick off. So I got to know this, John, just because it's such a unique event and the biggest sporting event of them all coming to Vegas. It's already expensive. You can't get a hotel room. You got to pay for parking. How crazy is it in Super Bowl week in Vegas right now? Uh, I would say it's bonkers. I, I would probably went to Vegas once a year from like 2010 to 2018. So I have a pretty good idea of what kind of atmosphere the city usually has. But it is even more jam-packed than usual, if you can even imagine that. Uh, there's Lombardi trophies all up and down the Strip. There's a giant mural on the side of Caesars Palace. Uh, CBS Sports has a giant set in front of the Bellagio. So, I mean, the whole city has just been super bowled out. And there is a little bit more of an electric atmosphere, which, again, it's Vegas, so you expect that. But it's definitely been ramped up this week. Hmm. Well, a lot of attention on this game, certainly with the uh, you know with the Chiefs back and a rematch against the San Francisco 49ers from a few years ago. Um, I want to go back a little bit in terms of the field that you know San Francisco was dealing with at, at UNLV. Has that all been resolved, or what's what, how did how did how did that shake out? Yeah, I, I, it was resolved in that the 49ers stayed there in practice and stopped complaining about it. But I do not think they were happy with the situation. And basically, what happened is that. 
the NFL put down grass, natural grass over UNLV's practice field, which is field turf, uh, and it, that didn't work out. So I don't know if maybe they didn't test it out enough beforehand, but the turf was too soft for the 49ers' liking. Uh, you know, you want firmer turf so that you can run faster, so you can practice at the speed you're going to play. And, yeah, to my knowledge, it did not get corrected. But Kyle Shanahan had said on Tuesday, we're just going to deal with it. It is what it is. We're not going to get playing. We have to practice before this game. So, yeah, they just kind of sucked it up and, and practiced all week and just lived with it. What a wild Super Bowl. And some crazy storylines. This Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift thing has blown this thing up into the stratosphere. Have you liked the coverage of this? Does it feel organic to you or does it feel a little bit manufactured? I would say it's about 60-40 organic. It definitely does feel like there is a little manufacturing of the coverage. But I will say, for instance, at Media Night on Monday, uh, you know, you're seeing entertainment outlets instead of just sports outlets. Maybe your Inside Edition or your Extra, where you have kind of the tabloid shows that maybe – don't do as much at a Super Bowl, but now they want to ask Travis Kelsey about Taylor Swift. They want to ask Patrick Mahomes about Taylor Swift. They want to ask Andy Reid about Taylor They want to ask everyone about Taylor Swift. So you are definitely seeing a lot more Taylor Swift. But that being said, there's a lot of people here. I've seen some uh, homemade shirts with Taylor Swift in a Chiefs jersey. There's just – so I do think that it overall has been good, even if some of the coverage probably feels like it has been manufactured. Do you get the sense from Chiefs, whether it even Travis Kelsey himself – um, or just players or coaches that they're annoyed by the whole thing? Not the fact that he's dating Taylor Swift, but just the attention that's coming their way because of it. I will say that as far as the Chiefs go, it honestly feels like they're fully embracing it. Now, if this goes into next season and maybe Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift get married and this is just questions they're going to have to deal with for the rest of Kelsey's career, that's one thing. But it really feels like, especially because they've been so good in the postseason, if you look at, uh, go back to December when Travis Kelsey was really struggling and you kind of heard that chatter, is it because Taylor Swift is a distraction? Is that the problem? But then Kelsey blew up in the playoffs. He's had three huge games and that chatter has been put to bed. So it really seems like uh, Patrick Mahomes happily answered questions, uh, embraced the questions, uh, gave his favorite Taylor Swift song. So yeah, I think that right now the Chiefs are happy to be at the Super Bowl answering any questions you have for them. So I know we've got a couple of great teams and, you know, they've definitely built into what they've become. And I've seen the lines move, but right now San Francisco is a point and a half favorite. I love Jeff Saturday. I played a couple of years with Jeff Saturday with the Colts. So I love Jeff and Jeff was trying to point out to everybody. Yeah, that's not, that's not how it is. John, there's no way that the Chiefs are an actual underdog in this game. Is there? It really blows my mind because, hey, we turned in our picks uh, for CBS Sports today, and everyone picked the Chiefs. I think we have eight different writers who all picked the Chiefs. But then talking to a couple of casino operators, uh, the four biggest bets that I've kind of heard of this week, there's been a million-dollar bet and a couple uh, three half million or $500,000 bets, and all four of those are on the 49ers. So it does feel like – uh, the sharp money, I guess you would say, is on the 49ers, and everybody else is slamming the Chiefs. So it is definitely a, an interesting dynamic. But just coming from someone, you know, we, we watch the NFL. So it, with the betting aside, I feel like the Chiefs, I totally agree with you. It does not feel like they should be the underdog in this game. Hmm. Not a chance. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> it doesn't. yeah I, I mean, you've got Brock Purdy that's sitting over there. He's going to be good for at least two big mistakes in this game, isn't he? Yeah, that's one thing is that, look, you have Kyle Shanahan, who has fairly or not kind of earned the reputation of 
melting down in key situations in big games, uh, whether it's the Falcon Super Bowl, whether it's the last Super Bowl between these two teams. You have Brock Purdy, who didn't look good during the first half of either of the first two playoff games. There just seems to be so many question marks about how this team is going to handle the big moment. And look, we've seen the pressure of the Super Bowl get to quarterbacks, especially when they're making their first career start. So, yeah, I mean, Brock Purdy throwing two interceptions or getting strip sacked in the first half, none of that would be surprising to me at all. What do you think's gotten into the Chiefs' defense during the late part of the season and into the playoffs? It, it really just seems like they're kind of motivated by the fact that they're kind of the unit carrying the team. That the Chiefs' defense for most of Patrick Mahomes' career has just been an afterthought because the Chiefs were scoring 40 points a game and blowing everyone out, and it didn't matter if the defense was good or not. But this year, if they didn't have a good defense, this team might not be in the Super Bowl. You know, you're only holding the Ravens to 10 points, huge performance against an electrifying offense. So it just seems like they have very good players, Chris Jones, and then you have Steve Spagnuolo, who, who's probably – uh, I mean, the way he's been coaching, the defensive game plans he's come up with, I mean, holding the Dolphins to seven points, slowing down Josh Allen, uh, just completely shutting down the Ravens offense. It's really – he's had a masterpiece this postseason. I think that's been a big part of their success. Well, that was his biggest part of that masterpiece is what he did to Baltimore, keeping Lamar Jackson inside the pocket, kept him under 60 yards rushing, kept him under one or under two touchdowns uh, for passing and and really limited the the league MVP. Uh, what kind of defensive scheme do you expect against Brock Purdy? Do you expect a lot of pressures? Do you expect some zones with what Purdy has running out in the field to throw to? How do you attack this San Francisco 49ers offense? That is a very good question. I feel like this is going to go one of two ways. Where when they played the Ravens, uh, Spagnuolo threw a couple the exotic blitzes. He's sending his defensive backs. He's trying to confuse Lamar Jackson. And I could certainly see him doing something similar to Purdy. But Purdy has been really good against the blitz this year. But it really, to me, I feel like Christian McCaffrey is kind of the key to the 49ers offense. If he gets going on the ground, that's going to take a lot of pressure off of Brock Purdy. So I could see a situation where uh, Spagnuolo says, all right, we're just going to load guys up front. We're not going to let Christian McCaffrey beat us. And, uh, you know, if, if Brock Purdy throws for 375 yards, then so be it. But I don't think it's going to happen. So I, I think they're going to focus on sl- slowing down McCaffrey. Hmm. So overall, when you look at this game and you try to make your prediction and try to evaluate what you're going to see here, how do you, how do you uh, look into the crystal ball? How does this thing play out? Well, I wasn't one of the guys who bet 500000 on the 49ers. Uh, I think you hit the nail on the head earlier with Curry making a couple big mistakes. I could see this being a one or two turnover game for him. I do not think Patrick Mahomes is going to make many mistakes. He has been on the big stage too often. And the Chiefs offense has just turned it on uh, really in the postseason. They, they worked great during the regular season. They worked really good. I think they're going to be able to move the ball against the 49ers. I think the Chiefs' defense is going to have some success against the 49ers. I think the Chiefs win by double digits. Is that crazy? Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. That, I hope not. But, I, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I could absolutely see it, but I hope not. Hey, John, I was talking to Scotty yesterday about this. I want to throw it at you. Is there any way Andy Reid at age 65 staying teamed up with Patrick Mahomes? Let's say they win this one. And they're able to continue the continuity and building. Is there any way you could see Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes 
passing Belichick and Tom Brady for the greatest combo, the greatest team and greatest dynasty ever? Uh, you know, if you would have asked me that last year, I would have thought it's a little crazy. But now you're looking at this is the worst offense the Chiefs have ever had with Patrick Mahomes, and they're still in the Super Bowl. And you still have Andy Reid, you still have Mahomes. If they get this third Super Bowl on Sunday, now you're halfway to the six that Brady and Belichick got. And it seems very realistic. And not just that, but you start looking at the all-time wins record in the NFL where Belichick was chasing Don Shula. Well, Belichick's to be out of the NFL next year, and Andy Reid could pick up a ton of wins there. So maybe he gets to that record before Belichick, if Belichick even gets there. So, yeah, I absolutely do think so. And I, you know, There's been some retirement chatter with Andy Reid. That would blow my mind if that happened, because I think he's going to stay as long as Patrick Mahomes does. And if they're together another 10 years, there's no reason they can't top the uh, Belichick-Brady number. Hey, uh, you see this story? Did, uh, did a Chiefs fan get in the 49er hotel room and uh, hit the uh, fire alarm? I did see the fire alarm. I did not know or hear that it was a Chiefs fan, but if it is, that is, you think security would be on the lookout for anyone wearing a Chiefs logo uh, down there? Because it's not, they're, they're so far out of the way. It's not like you can just sneak up on that hotel and go pull the fire alarm. People would see you coming from a mile away because they're about 20 miles off the strip. Uh, so, yeah, if a Chiefs fan got to that, uh, you know, it's all fair and love and war, right? Yeah. Hey, John, I wanted to get your thoughts on what you made of the defensive player of the year. I, I was going through this with Scotty. The numbers heavily lean towards T.J. Watt, and I can't make any sense of how that didn't go to T.J. Watt. It ended up in Miles Garrett's hands. What, what do you think that statement is? What do you think that award is? And, and why did it end up in Garrett's hands? It blows my mind with that one. We actually did our own CBS sports polling, uh, and T.J. Watt won. I voted for T.J. Watt. I thought T.J. Watt was the most dominant player, defensive player in the NFL this year. And it's really what he does when – you know, we've seen when T.J. Watt is injured and he misses a game. Uh, I think he's missed 12 games in his career. The Steelers are 1-11. He just amps up that defense. They play at a different level when T.J. Watt's out there. He leads the NFL in sacks. And I honestly thought he should have been a shoo-in. So I, I, this, the fact that – not that it was just close, but the fact that Garrett won kind of blew my mind. And I know Miles Garrett really started the season off hot, but to me it just kind of slowed down as the season went on. And it felt like he might fall out of the conversation, but that didn't happen. So I do feel like the AP writers have generally done a good job with the Defensive Player of the Year award, but I do agree with you. I think they blew it this year. All right, before we let you go, uh, Lloyd just sent us a uh, picture of a uh, of a jacket you were wearing down there for Vegas. Is that uh, did you have to have that made, or did you find that on the strip somewhere? Where did that where did that suit jacket come from? Well, I told my wife that I was going to find the most absurd jacket I could uh, and take it to Vegas, and she said, that's fine, but you are not allowed to wear it at home. So I found it online. I got it here. It was a three-piece suit, but the rest of it didn't make it, unfortunately. Uh, so I only got to unveil the jacket, and I've been wearing it every day, and people loved it. Some people are saying they love it. I've also uh, had a couple of people tell me it's the ugliest thing they've ever seen. So it's, right, you know, right in the middle. Oh, I love it. I know I like it a lot. I'd like, like it. The I don't know who the dude is next to you wearing the flamingo jacket. You got him beat. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was a coworker, and I was like, "Hey, if the Super Bowl's in Miami. That's a great outfit." But we're yeah. in Vegas, buddy. <laughs> There's no flamingos in Vegas, man. There's no water there. But, <laughs> hey, uh, hey, maybe he was staying at the Flamingo Hotel. I'll have to ask. Yeah, him. there you go. There you go. Hey, John, as a seasoned veteran of Vegas, me, Scotty, our producer back there, Lloyd. We've uh, spent a lot of time in Vegas. I'm going to give you a strong bit of advice. There is a buffet at the end of Fremont Street 
that it has oxtail soup as its select item, I'm going to just give you some advice. Stay the hell away from that buffet because yeah. I got violently ill. The oxtail soup was terrible, and it was the worst $2.50 I've ever spent for a buffet. <laughs> That is amazing. So the, the moral of the story, do not go to a $2.50 yes. buffet yeah. on Fremont Street. All right. I, I will remember that one. Pretty much all you need to hear is Fremont Street and just stay away That's from that. That's my best advice for you, yeah. Tom. Hey, John, we well, appreciate it, man. Thanks for hanging out with us. Enjoy the game, and uh, we look forward to chatting with you again here soon. Yep. As always, thanks for having me, guys. You're great, John. Thanks. John Breach, right here on 97.5, the EKSL Sports Zone again, NFL rider for CBS Sports. A part of the Pick 6 pod. 